0: Welcome to Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition Week 4. What's up? What's going on out there? That's right. It's us, the Motley Crew, coming at you today, guys. Bombo, Sweet Tea, go ahead and chime in a little bit, guys.
1: What up, what up, what up, guys?
0: What up, Islanders? All right, man. Yeah, so we're going to bring everything at you today. We're going to talk about the guys from Week 3 who blew up. We're going to talk about key injuries. Guys, you need to take out of your lineup. Guys, you need to put in your lineup. Waiver wire pickups, all the above. We're even going to throw in our fantasy matchup of the week. So we're just going to go ahead and get started because we've got a lot to do, a lot to talk about. Bombo, you're going to be up first. We're going to talk about your stat of the week.
2: Well, if you've been listening to us since the divisional shows, you know that King's been real high on Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce finally produced uh, for all those people that drafted him at that ADP of 80-ish, 79, 80-ish. Yeah, he balled out. He went against a real suspect Chargers defense, and he beat him on all levels. He also caught about six passes, not too many yards, but you know it's good to see him being involved in the passing game. I mean, that's what you want out of a PPR back, an RB1, and he proved to be an RB1. Had a career day, monster, monster game on just 14 carries with a 75-yard run, a big chunk play. He showed a lot of speed on that play, and he pretty much showed he's an all-around back. I know that Levy tried to be the old ball coach and go with Rex Burkhead in that first week. And people kind of got panicky. Well, anyone that rode out that storm and put him in their lineup, definitely probably got a win this past week. So Damian Pierce is my stud of the week.
0: No, I agree. Bombo. We had Damian Pierce really had a good day. You know, I, I think that, you know, it showed that, like you said, it's, it's steps, right? So every week, you know, we were talking about this pre shows, you know, every week he's getting better and he's got that upward trajectory. And he broke out, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm going to throw it at you, T. I'm going to ask you a question, man. How how good do you think this guy's going to be this year, T? I,
1: You know what? If he keeps getting the touches and the reps, this Texas team doesn't lose by much. Yeah, they're not winning, but they don't lose by much, and they play hard. And quite honestly, I really think that since they don't have a lot going on, they're just going to keep feeding that kid the rock, and I would too. And so... Personally, I really think that he can have quite a bit of games over, you know, over 100 yards per game. So I don't know. I'm going to put my coconuts out there and say on the high end, eight, on the low end, six. But I really think that, you know, and that's a lot, especially for a rookie. But I really think he's something special. He's going to have a good season, especially a good rookie season.
0: No, and right. But put it into respect to what's a good rookie season. You know, a 1,000-yard rusher is a good season for a rookie. You know, and I think the issue might be his offense, you know, but I, I think the Chargers were a little bit banged up. He caught them. He did. He on that 75-yard oh, yeah. run. It was all talent. Well, no he just Bosa. ran by the guys. He made one sidestep move and was running. Well, yeah, but Bosa's not really a run-stopper anyway. True. You know, so if you're True. missing only that guy. But, I mean, they're banged up. They They're just... They had guys not at 100% and it showed, you know, so, I mean, I just, I like the kid. I just think their offense needs to keep taking steps and their quarterbacks a little bit. You know, that's another one that people are, you know, not sure about. Is this guy even going to stay there? Are they going to get a one in the draft this year? What they're going to do? So as long as their offense keeps going that upward trajectory as well, so will Damian Pierce. If they become the Damian Pierce show, I don't think their offensive line's that good. You know, I don't think it's like an Indianapolis offensive line who basically even this year isn't doing good, but he'll, you know, he'll get his yards, but it's going to be hard for him if if it turns to that. All right, moving on next. Sweet T, who was your stud of the week?
1: Oh, man, my stud of the week has got to be Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I know, right? That's an obvious one. It's easy to be able to just say Patrick Mahomes, but listen to this. We called this out during the divisionals. Patrick Mahomes... We said he was going to be a stud, even though he had kind of like a, a, you know, Island of Misfit toys as his receivers. We knew that he was going to spread out the ball, but he had 249 yards passing. Yeah, it wasn't 300 yards. It wasn't over 300. He had 34 yards rushing, but he threw for three touchdowns. And I don't know if you guys saw that that little play that he made, that little flip pass when he it looked like he was gonna run into the end zone and then he just flicked it up over the defender's head, and and Clyde's Edward Hare caught it at the back of the end zone. I mean, guys shouldn't be doing that. That's like that. That's what you what, what they call like street ball type stuff. I mean, that it's crazy. You don't see guys doing that in the pros. It's just the guy is special. He's always been special from day one. And for those fantasy owners that have him. They're reaping the benefits. They got to be loving some Patrick Mahomes. So this week, my stud of the week has got to be Patrick Mahomes.
2: Yeah, there there isn't a definite um, quote-unquote wide receiver one on that team. It's Travis Kelsey, but he was not a – it just seemed like there wasn't a real big – a concentrated effort to try to take Kelsey out of the game or and it's half that and half he's just that good, right? But it's it's everybody else. You know, it's Juju making big catches on third down. MVS finally caught a deep one and they're real creative around the goal line just to get people shovel passes and yeah, like you were talking about that spin move and flip to Edward C. And What about Edward C. Lair like leading the league in touchdowns right now? Just this guy refusing to go away and just doing his part in the offense and I think that's what's going on right now. Everyone's doing their part in the offense. Number one person that's doing their part is Patrick Mahomes. The old consistency right there. So yeah, you're right. Anyone that has Patrick Mahomes as your QB1 for your fantasy team, yeah. enjoy the playoffs.
0: No, I agree, man. And I think another shout out goes to the coach, Andy Reid. Guy's guy's 100. Looks like Santa Claus. Still doing it. Still doing it. You know, really creative offensively and the league just is, they steal things from him. You know, but... I I mean, I just, I, I, I think the bigger takeaway for me for Patrick Mahomes out of week four was against the team he played against. They are a very, very good defense. And to be honest, he probably could have carved them up for three or 400 yards. But the game flow wasn't like that. There was a fumble early. They got up big. They just had to run out the clock at the end, basically. And he threw a pick, too. What's that?
1: I said, and he threw a pick. I mean, Mahomes did throw a pick, which is not that big of a deal, but it kind of stops some momentum for them on the offensive side. But still, I no, think I you're absolutely and spot And again,
0: on. like I said, they're a very, very good defense. So overall, I think, like you said, it was just, it was a great performance, you know? So, I mean, again, there was so many guys, you know, in week four, and we all talked about them, you know, but the guy I'm going to talk about right now is a cheetah cheetah cheat has been going off, guys, and everyone was questioning it. This guy's just leaving for the money. He's going to drop his production. You know, he was he was dropping in fantasy as well. You know, I got him in a couple leagues late. when I, And I say late, end of the second round, end of the third round in one, that they were just letting him drop. How, how can you let him drop? You know, and the reality is, is maybe he's like, you know, Bombo calls these guys quarterback proof unfortunately, Tua got hurt again. Tua got banged up last week. There was some a big fuck-up with the neurologist, everything else. He went back in and basically finished the game. NFL made a big stink about it. He passed the protocol all week. He played, started the game Thursday with the cheetah. And, basically, these guys, they weren't doing the, great, the greatest. So, basically, Tua got hurt before halftime. And Cheetah had about 50 yards receiving. Teddy B came in, big Teddy B. And I was shitting my pants thinking I'm done. Tyreek's done. I think Teddy B's got a stronger arm than Tua because he got it out there to him a couple times. And Tyreek, Hill finished the game with 10 catches, 160 yards. And this guy has just proven he is unguardable. If you can get the ball to him in the right spots, he can run past anybody in this league. And this guy needs to start having the respect of being the number one overall receiver. I mean, look at I mean, everyone always talked about Devontae Adams. Well, look at his drop-off in the first four weeks, guys, compared to Aaron Rodgers. So there is a drop-off there. There's no drop-off with Tyreek Hill. He's the first Miami Dolphin since 1970 or something like that, Paul Warfield, to have two back-to-back games with over 10 receptions and 150 yards. And he's playing good teams. He just did that against Buffalo. Right? So, he, you know what I mean? So, there's there's a lot to be said of what Tyreek Hill's done in the last couple weeks and what he's going to do this year. And I think this guy's going to be right there in that wide receiver one category. Him, Cooper Cup, and a couple other guys. You know, and it's tough for a couple other guys, too. You know, the Justin Jeffersons are getting mic'd up. You know, the Jamar Chase is just nothing right now because they're not going to let him beat them. Let everybody else beat us. And that's going to be the formula for him. You know, and it's going to be tough on these second-year guys and guys who broke out last year if they can overcome this. You know what I mean? Because their offense just isn't built the right way to get them open and scheme them open. But hopefully it works out. But Tyreek Hill's proven he doesn't need that shit. He's just going to run past the guy because he's faster than anybody. So go ahead and chime in, guys. Cheetahs my guy, this week, week four.
1: Yeah, no, no that that that's a good call out there, King. Because I mean, I had my skepticism about him. I, I didn't think he was gonna flourish in Miami. You know, just given to his history. And and you know, this guy's proving me wrong. He's proving a lot of people wrong. I know that you were kind of high on him. You kept saying, no, 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 no. this guy, he's gonna ball out. And I think you even called it out in the when we went in the divisional rounds, too. But I got to say, I mean, fuck, I I was wrong and I'm I'm going to say it and I'm not afraid to say it. I was wrong. This guy is quarterback proof and he's balling out and he deserves a hell of a lot more respect for that.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams earlier and even Justin Jefferson. They're known for being, you know, arguably the best wide receivers in the game because of their route running and their hands. But let's start giving some credit to Tyreek Hill for just being a guy you can't catch. And if he gets the ball in his hands and there's any separation, rather the defenders in front of him or the defenders behind him, he's going straight to the end zone. Like if he wasn't even, if you gave him a training camp at tailback, he would probably lead the league in rushing. So let's just, he's just an overall baller. So anyone that has, and I may not say he's the best wide receiver in football, but anyone who does say that has a legit argument and I can't look at him funny.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Just too fast, guys. He doesn't slow down in his breaks. That's the hardest thing. So he gets separation on everybody. It's just if you can get the ball to him in time, because he's so fast, you can't judge it. that That's what Patrick Mahomes used to say. I think I'm throwing it so far ahead of him. And then by the time he gets there, it's behind him. He said he had to learn how to throw to that guy, but <laughs> definitely a phenom. Definitely a lot of guys worthy of that list guys. Great list. You know, and like I said, I know we were talking and there was just a lot of discussion between who we were to put on that list this week. So, I mean, there were some other games out there where guys went off. Tom Brady went off again this week. You know, I mean, he's, He's still doing it, the old man with, you know, a half a receiving core. So there was a lot of guys worthy of that list. So what we're going to do now is we're going to move on and we're going to do something a little bit new, guys, and it's going to be our matchup of the week, our fantasy matchup of the week. We picked a game, and I'm going to just throw some questions out and talk about some basically pin these guys head-to-head, put these positions head-to-head. So our fantasy matchup of the week is going to be the Raiders against Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. Two teams loaded with fantasy-relevant guys. The Raiders sort of came out in the first couple weeks and were doing good, and they just sort of those games slipped away from them. They got to 0-3 last week. They got on the right side of it. They beat the shit out of these guys. Denver, Denver stinks. And I I think they're going to start making some noise. I think they're going to start getting rolling here. So I think this is a good matchup, guys, to talk about. So first question goes to you, Bombo, and we're going to talk about quarterbacks. All right, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks on these teams. And who do you think has the advantage there? I mean, really, I mean, obviously it it might seem, you know, on the easy side that it's Mahomes, but Mahomes or Carr here in this game. What do you think?
2: It might be a little closer than the average person would think. Going to go advantage to Mahomes just because he does it more. Like we've just seen fantasy Humongous fantasy games out of Mahomes just more often. But as for real football, could come down to either one because both of the defenses are a real suspect. They give up big plays. The Raiders have less wins, so they give up more big plays. But Kansas City is not a defensive powerhouse. You can throw on them. And the Raiders' weapons are starting to click. The running game is, to, is starting to get going. If Carr doesn't turn the ball over, he has the potential to put up four touchdowns just as much as Mahomes. So
0: I think you hit uh, the I'm nail on that- the head there, Bambo, because right, Derek Carr has twice. 12- twice as many picks as Mahomes. He's got four picks already in four weeks. So as long yeah, as he does turn it over, right? I mean, the crazy stats, right? Derek Carr has 94 completions. Mahomes only has 97, only has three more. You know, Derek Carr has 1,038 yards passing. Mahomes has 1,100. So they're within 100 yards of each other, 70 yards. But the big number is Mahomes has 11 touchdowns. Derek Carr has six and he's got four picks. So, I mean, it is what it is. So, let's talk about those running backs there, right? I mean, obviously, another, like you said, Clyde Edwards, Lair busting out, leading the league in touchdowns right now. Even though he's only got two rushing touchdowns, he's got three receiving touchdowns. He's got five total. And Josh Jacobs seems like he found his groove last week. And I think the Raiders found out what they want to do. And he had a big game over a 100 yards. And another one of those guys that just missed the stud list with a couple touchdowns sweet to you who's got the advantage there josh jacobs clyde edwards
1: you know king i gotta say that uh, it's gonna be a tough matchup between those two you know those two backfields however i gotta give the edge to jacobs you know he he balled out last week shows what he can do kind of shows what everybody expected him to start doing this season and that offense really started to click you know kansas city their front line on d is a little bit suspect they let up some big chunk plays and once you get that guy rolling it's hard to stop him so i gotta give the i gotta give the edge to to jacobs i mean over 160 something yards two touchdowns last week i mean the guy just balls out now to your point though clyde's edward Hilaire, he's gotten a couple what three touchdowns in the air so that's that's a little bit different dynamic that Jacobs really doesn't do. But, you know, giving, giving the backfield and kind of the whole situation with Jacobs just in the contract year and he's starting to run hard and that offense is starting to click, yeah, I really got to give the edge to Jacobs this week.
0: Yeah, no, and I think Jacobs, you know, he, I, I think he's been running hard all year. I think it's one of the offensive line and the offense not clicking. You know, they, if you don't get first downs, they're not going to run the ball. He did have a 40-yard run mixed in there, and that's what we said, right, guys? These guys have to have a big chunk to have a big day. But, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think the Raiders really played stout defense. I mean, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about, obviously, during our injuries is they played Denver this week, and they put my boy Javante out for the year. But they he wasn't getting any yards before, and they really couldn't run the ball after. And they really shorted up this last week. And I think their defense isn't as bad as everyone thought it was. You know, I don't think they're stellar, great, you know, but Buffalo style, but I, I think they're pretty good. They're decent. So, all right, man, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do something now. We're going to talk about the tight ends. So, really quick, T, I'm just going to ask a question Kelsey or Waller? Oh, Kelsey, for sure. Bombo, Kelsey or Waller? Kelsey. I agree, guys. I just think Waller needs to step up a little bit more. You know, he hasn't shown anything this year, so I don't think there's really much discussion in who's really going to be picked there. I think definitely Kansas City has the advantage of tight end with Travis Kelsey. He's already got 26 receptions, 300 yards for the year, three touchdowns. He's averaging over 12 yards a catch, so he's right on pace to do what he always does. I think the receiving core, though, and I'm going to break it down, and both you guys are going to get a shot at this, right? So, just let's talk about. I'm going to let T talk about the Raiders receiving core, and Bombo's going to talk about Kansas City's receiving core. So, T, just talking about the guys that are really making a difference right now for the Raiders Max Hollins, Devontae Adams, and Hunter Renfro's questionable. You know, he had a pretty decent week two game until he fumbled and got his head split open. But those three guys, T, what do you think? I mean, can they be fantasy relevant against Kansas City's defense?
1: Well, obviously, Devontae Adams, yes. Hollins is starting to kind of get some good looks, and he's getting some catches. But I got to give the edge to KC on this one. Even though they don't have a lot of big names and stars, they spread the ball out a lot better.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, too, I think the thing with, you know, Raiders, you know, offensively, they, they are going to start to open things up a little bit. I think the run's going to open up the pass a little bit more. And don't sleep on Max Hollins, guys. This guy, is, he's, he's balling out the last few weeks. And he's right up there with stats with everybody else. And remember, they let Zay Jones walk. Zay Jones wanted some bigger money that they really couldn't afford because they knew they were going to pipe up Devontae Adams. So they had to put that money into the Devontae Adams ship. You know, so I think they're pretty viable there. And I think at some point guys I know we all said Kelsey but I think if if Waller can just help these guys a little bit you know and at least show up I think it opens things up tremendously on the outside you know and I think they they forced the ball to Devontae. I get it I understand it and then they got the you know the mix of guys on every team who are the backup guys who we never hear of that you know why the fuck did they score a touchdown cuz you never hear of them kind of dudes you know kind of shit but and I get it but I mean, I think they're going to start clicking, man. And I think the Raiders, you know, their receiving core can they can do some work against Kansas City. You know, I really do. So what do you think, Bombo? You think that, you know, let's talk about Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, Miko Hardman, you know, even Sky Moore thrown in there. You know, can those guys put up some big numbers or decent numbers against the Raiders? And if so, who do you think might have that big game for them?
2: So you got to think about the history of these teams recently in like the Patrick Mahomes era. It's either really close, hard fought out of nowhere. These two defenses start having something to prove or it's Kansas City, 52, Las Vegas, 14. Right. If it's if it goes that way in the way of blowouts, I expect every fantasy relevant or semi fantasy relevant player for Kansas City to go off or at least have a touchdown. Everyone you mentioned. MVS, Juju, maybe even get the rookies involved. That's if it's a blowout. If it's a closer game, I think we're going to see a more familiar faces scoring. Give a, probably have to give the nod to Las Vegas when it comes to just overall fantasy star power and who could score because Kansas City's doing it receiver by committee, right? So they're getting the ball down the field with Juju and MVS and Hardman. I don't care who's catching it. The touchdowns are getting scored by Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, we talked about it earlier with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has three catches for touchdowns. Those are three Patrick Mahomes touchdowns that he just happened to be there and got and catch. So if it's a blowout, everybody from Kansas City is going to eat. If it's a closer game, I expect the fantasy stars to come out of Las Vegas.
0: I, I mean, and, you know, here's the thing, right? And here's the thing, guys. And I've been watching the NFL longer than both you puckers have been alive. So the NFL some week stands for no fucking logic. And I think one of these things is going to happen this week. And I have the Raiders fucking beating these guys. And I think they're going to put it to them at home. So I just got that feeling. You know what I mean? Because there, there's no logic to the NFL, guys. I mean, look at these survivor pools. <laughs> you know, I, I had a guy. Go to beat him uh, yet, yeah, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, 50,000 person pools down to like 140 right now after week four. Because no one can. And there's no spread. You're just picking a winner. <laughs> it's, That's sick. It's sick. That's super sick. You know, but I mean, all right, now let's just talk about reality football. We're just going to close this up with a final. Sweet to you, who's winning the game, Kansas City or the Raiders?
1: Right now, I think Kansas City, they're just kind of rolling at the moment. I did kind of hope that the Raiders would be in a better position, you know, just from a wins-loss standpoint at this point already four games in. But I just kind of think that Kansas City – they just have too much momentum. They they're filling themselves right now.
0: All right, real quick, Bombo, who do you think? Kansas City Raiders.
2: Uh, I'm contractually obligated to say Las Vegas. No, but I I think it's going to be the Raiders because I think this might they're going to treat this like this is their Super Bowl. This is a make or break. If the Raiders can hang with Kansas City and beat Kansas City, it means way more to them than Kansas City just beating the Raiders again. So give me the Raiders in you know one of those NFL moments
0: absolutely man absolutely i'm with you i'm going with the raiders and the no fucking logic this week so good job guys we're gonna go ahead and roll against one we're gonna roll up that's our fantasy matchup of the week guys we'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit in the next show and just sort of see how those guys did hopefully one of them makes the stud list and we can talk a little bit more but we're gonna get into our week five starts now and we're gonna go ahead and start with sweet T. who's your week five start
1: My week five start this week has got to be Saquon Barkley. Had 162 yards, total yards, 146 on the ground, 16 receiving. I mean, this guy, he's getting a massive workload. They don't have any receivers right now. And so they're just kind of feeding him that rock. And I'm looking for a big week against Green Bay this coming week. I I really think, well, Green Bay to me is, is, I don't know, The the, Green Bay is Green Bay. I'm not going to give them any props for anything. As Bombo said, contractually obligated. I cannot root for them in the slightest. So I got to say Saquon Barkley is a must start.
0: Saquon's been balling out. He's been tearing it up. And again, you know, I think every Saquon owner sort of holds their breath every time he touches the ball, you know, but every game this guy gets through (laughs) is just a big step for him and that's huge and and we said it guys and we all said it you know in the divisionals is you know what hey you know if this guy can stay healthy and upright for 14 or 15 games he's a league winner he's just that good it doesn't matter how good his team is so he's one of those kind of guys so. absolutely all right now good pick what do you think bombo who's your week five start buddy
2: my week five start and start him going forward is Chris Alave from the Saints. A sweet tea was high, super high on this guy all summer, letting everybody know that's a, such a steal for the Saints to get in for that offense. And it's another example of an Ohio State receiver that we watched ball out on Saturdays get to a team on a Sunday and just take over. We've seen it time and time again. He probably started off third on the depth chart during training camp. He had guys like Jarvis Landry above him. And, you know, know, there were some injuries that went down. But honestly, Olave's been in the starting lineup and balling out since day one tons of air yards he's gets overthrown a lot Jameis you know Jameis is Jameis and Andy Dalton came in did a little bit for him but if Olave can stay healthy you know we want him to stay healthy he did have an injury scare in there a little bit last week He's an every week starter now, especially this week against Seattle. Super suspect. And I think this might be the Olave breakout game where we're looking at him the way we start we were looking at Justin Jefferson a couple of years ago when he broke out. So give me all the Chris Olave and shout out shout out to Sweet T for being on that train early.
0: No, absolutely. I think the thing that sort well, of thank you. concerns me is like you said, you know, the red rifle or the red water pistol now. Andy Dalton is in there. And if he can't really get it cooking for him after another week. Then you know, I'm a little bit concerned, not sure how bad Jameis is. Hopefully it's not too bad. And he can get that thing rocking and rolling again with Olave. But a great pick. You know, I think that, you know, these rookies and these guys in new teams really are making a difference. And the guy I'm going to say for my week five start is going to be Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, you know, he went to Jacksonville as the number one guy. Everyone was saying, is this guy worth the money? I didn't give a shit. I just followed the money. It's one of my things I say. Follow the money. I drafted this guy in as many leagues as I could. I know T sniped him in one league I'm in with him. You know, and I think T's reaping the benefits a little bit. You know, this guy every week has performed, you know, and I think the big step is Trevor Lawrence again. You know, the, the viability of his quarterback now with the coach you know and Christian Kirk's been consistent guys you know I mean the first week he had five catches for 50 yards 54 yards and that was his lowest game of the year last week in a freaking monsoon in Philadelphia where the rain was going sideways 30 mile an hour winds he only had two catches for 60 yards but he had a 45 yard 45 yarder and he's breaking long ones You know, every week he's scoring. If he's not getting touchdowns, he's getting big yardage games. So there's been four games so far, and he scored basically in all of them. So, I mean, like I said, I'm just going to keep this guy in my lineup. He's my wide receiver two right now in a lot of leagues. You know, in one league because of injury, he's my wide receiver one at this point. You know, I didn't have a lot of depth there. I went running back heavy, but you know what? I think he can carry the load. I think he's going to end the year with 12 to 13, maybe even a little bit more than that, 100 yards. And at least 10 touchdowns. I mean, he's already got three after week four. So going into this week, hopefully he'll do a little bit better. And then he did last week in the monsoon. They have a great matchup against Houston. And Houston will give up a ton of points always to everybody. They've given up a 100-yard receiver to everybody they've played this year. So I'm starting at all points and probably in my DFS to Christian Kirk.
2: Great. That's pick. a
1: great, great pick.
2: <laughs> yeah, Christian Kirk's I, doing I, it, right? I love that. I mean, he's, you don't have to throw him Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss balls, but a slant for Christian Kirk could be just as deadly. He's just a great route runner. And at 5'11", like 205 pounds or whatever, he's kind of got that, a little bit of that Tyreek Hill. I mean, no one's really Tyreek Hill, but he just finds ways to get through any type of zone. He he's, has hands, can take it over the top. Just a great all-around receiver. And like you, like you were saying, as you see Trevor Lawrence become more comfortable and start putting up numbers, you're going to see Kirk put up numbers and, and their ascension is going to go hand in hand for years to come.
0: I agree. And Christian Kirk is almost like Matt Stafford's Cooper Cup, the one that's going to help him get to that next level. And that's what Christian Kirk's doing for Trevor Lawrence. He's going to get him to that next level, and I think they're going to do that together. So, you know, I'm just riding this guy, and hopefully, he has a big year. So, I think you know, just keeping this thing going, guys. You know, I know that was our starts this week, but what about our sits? You know what I mean? I mean, Bombo, who who do you think you just got to sit this week? He's been a starter for you, man. But you know what, dude? That's enough. Let's go ahead and give it a ride, and we're going to let somebody else take a shot. Who do you who do you got your sit?
2: I am sitting Zeke versus the Rams and this has nothing to do with the Rams because remember my sit last week was Debo Samuel and... I don't think the Rams were listening to the show. Maybe Debo was listening to the show, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed when it came to that guy. I think that they're going to fare a little bit better against Zeke more because he's not going to be getting the opportunities that we're used to seeing from Zeke. He's getting outplayed by a guy in his own backfield. Pollard looks more explosive. They're giving him the more key touches that could lead to bigger yards and scoring, but they're really giving Zeke the ball to kill the clock, get short yardage. This is not a role that he's used to. He's kind of getting phased out the way that like a, like a Jonathan Stewart got phased out later into in his career after being a big home run hitter. I mean without the volume, I think Zeke just doesn't get enough touches to where at a per touch basis he's going to give you a lot of fantasy points. We're starting to see the change of the guard in Dallas when they're taking a little bit of pressure off of Cooper Rush. By running the ball with Pollard Not with Zeke I think now they're more comfortable with him airing it out And I also think that this Dallas team is going to start to put Some aerial acrobatics on display And start using a lot more of their weapons With Gallup, Noah Brown, and CeeDee Lamb And let's get Dalton Schultz involved as well All of those lead to me saying Bench Zeke
0: Bench Zeke I'm with you. I agree Alright Who's your bench sit your ass on the bench For week 5?
1: Oh, this guy's ass hurts really bad, too. And so for my must sit of the week for week five has got to be Matt Stafford. I mean, the guy's not having a good year. I know it's only four games in, but he has not done a hell of anything. If you're a fantasy owner of his like I am, I got him on my bench already. I couldn't even play him this week, and I'm so glad that I didn't because Again, for the second week in a row, no touchdowns. I mean, the guy barely threw for uh, what, like a couple hundred yards this week. It it was just bad. And even if you have Cooper Cup, I mean, he's not getting any throws to him. Now, now, I'm going to ask you guys one thing: if you guys would were watching, you know, Jay Cutler back in the day body language you know when he'd miss a throw and he just kind of didn't care he just kind of like had this look on his face like ah fuck whatever i don't care and he just kind of had that awful body language and everybody would call it out that's what i'm seeing right now in stafford he's overthrowing i saw cooper cup go up climb a ladder trying to catch a ball and he almost got killed because he got hit bad and Stafford's just walking out walking off the field like i don't care like whatever and just didn't care. And and he just kind of has this really shitty body language right now. So for me, I want no part of playing this guy right now, especially for week five.
2: Yeah. We've seen this Stafford behind the bad offensive line before with that body language. That's why, that's why when you saw that, it looked very familiar because we've seen it in Detroit a lot of times. It takes a lot of effort to be statistically top three worst quarterback for a, the number one ride receiver points-wise in fantasy the same week, the same game on the same team. That takes a lot of effort to blow it that bad. So I don't blame anybody for putting him on their bench and looking elsewhere for answers probably going forward until he blow, does a blow-up game from your bench.
0: I'm going to disagree with both you guys a little bit here, guys. I mean, you got to give the old man a break. Okay, first of all, he's got one receiver. Sure, they whiffed on Allen Robinson, dude. They they really whiffed. This guy can't separate. He can't. He's just not doing it. And I get it. They're Cooper Cub dependent. But like the one pass you're talking about, T, he threw it into a defensive meeting. There was like fucking 12 fucking dudes there. You know what I mean? It's the only yeah, place that, you yeah, could have bad. put it without getting picked. So I get it, man. He's frustrated as fuck. They got to get Van Jefferson back. They whipped on Tutu Atwell. But I I think, you know, the other part, guys, is they're the Super Bowl winner. They had the Super Bowl winning schedule. They've already played the two best defenses in the fucking league with San Francisco and Buffalo. So it wasn't like they were playing slouches. Now, when he played Atlanta, he almost threw for 300, had a couple touchdowns. He did have a couple picks, too. But, it you know, and then last week, again, against Arizona, they wanted to establish the run, and they did with Cam Akers. Cam Akers had a couple touchdowns. I might have fumbled one of them. But I'm just saying it's they're doing things. It's their preseason. So I'm not going to write him off yet, but I'll go ahead and sit him on the bench for a while with his shitty attitude. I get it. I understand it.
1: Hey, King, King, real quick, before we move on, though, I, I just got to ask you this didn't you have a, a one of your leagues where it came down to Stafford this week on Monday night? And what was the outcome of that one for you? Did you guys win? Well, that no, week? I don't
0: look at it like that. And I, that's the thing that a lot of people do, right? You have one guy left and you got a big pile of points to overcome. It's not on that one, dude, your team took a shit. There's, you know, how many other guys and players on your team? So that's the thing that I really don't do. You know what I mean? I mean, I couldn't have expected from against San Francisco's D I couldn't have expected for more than five or 10 points, one or two short touchdowns. I never threw think he would throw for 300, you know, I thought maybe one or two touchdowns, five or 10, and maybe a five point win for my coach. Cause we get a coach in that league, but I I just was up against it because my team didn't perform, you know, and there was no one else really support. I had like three or four guys only score. The scoring is a little bit weird, but I mean, and I get it, you know, in that league, especially you want a guy that scores and he'll score for us. But I think, you know, the way it is, is it just, it's, he needs to do better. And then say in the, the regular ESPN formats, I don't know if he can do any better because really what can he throw to? Tyler Higbee and Cooper Cup. There's really no one else. I mean, Skaronic if you look at it, Escarano getting more targets than Allen Robinson,
2: yeah, they yeah keep on, he had they keep a couple big plays too. That, uh, they keep on flirting with the Odell coming back in the second week of November. Every every time the Odell Rams are doing all do the really talk really about guys
0: to get Odell back there, but remember he's coming off of an ACL, so I mean he's gonna be better than anything they got, obviously I think. But what if he says fuck you? I'm going to Buffalo because Jameson Crowder just went down, right? I don't know. It's going to be a crazy crazy season. I'm going to go in and talk about my week it 5 stat. Is. I'm going to go to talk about my week 5 sit your ass on the bench. And I know there was a little bit of an injection last week and everybody's pumped up. But Mr. Najee Harris sit your ass on the bench, dude. 14 15 carries a week, 60 70 yards. What the fuck are you doing? You're a number one running back, number first round running back, guaranteed. Touched the ball 20 times. Going to take that step this year, even with shitty Mitchie Trubisky, who just got benched this week for Kenny Pickett. Sit down, Najee. Because you know what, man? Until you can do it, I don't even want to have no part of you. I mean, really, bro. I've been dealing with this guy for a couple years in some keeper leagues. And it's just tough. It's tough because now it doesn't seem like they're even going to give him the ball as many times as last year. He used to carry the ball 20 to 25 times last year with maybe another six or seven catches. So in those ESPN formats, he was a monster. This year he's an average guy. I'll take the upside ceiling on somebody else. Najee Harris, sit your ass on the bench, bro. Okay, Go ahead and chime in a little bit, guys.
2: I I think the lack of a passing game or an efficient passing game is really hurting him. They're they're. they're- teams are just making him have to be honest right stack the box and I mean he can't run past 11 guys I mean there's some guys that can do that he's not going to do that he needs the volume but there needs to be something that's taking a little bit of pressure off his back but I, I'm with you until proven otherwise you, you can't comfortably start him especially at the at the draft capital that you put out there for him maybe Pickett gives him a spark he definitely helped out George Pickens didn't help Claypool out too much but he was targeted but if we get the outside weapons for the Steelers going plus that tight end then Najee can make up for some of the deficiencies on the offensive line and hopefully get it going. But as of right now, he's going to have to make up a lot of ground to cover the draft capital that you spent on him.
0: Absolutely. You know, and Pickett tried. He tried. Yeah, You know, and he got a couple touchdowns rushing. He stole them from Najee. Thanks a lot, asshole. But, you know, I mean, after that, he threw three picks. You know, another one one of these guys throwing the ball into a defensive team meeting. There was like three guys around Claypool. You know what I mean? So it's just like, okay, he's going to get it, and he'll come around. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But until then, Najee, on the bench. You know, just keep it rolling, guys. You know, there's a lot that we got to keep going and talking about. One of the things we want to talk about were the key injuries now. You know, and obviously we're just going to go through them a little bit and just let everybody know the major injuries that were there, obviously, to Tua. You know, had his concussion and twisted finger thing and everybody saw that and the big mess and hype behind that. Don't he I definitely know he won't be playing this coming week. They already ruled him out. And I heard a couple of murmurs that maybe they're gonna shut him down for the year. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens after this week. You know, Dante Williams, my boy. My boy, who I took in every every league Even I could. morning every which way I could, traded for him, it whatever I could, out for the year with an ACL and I think maybe an LCL. So he didn't just do yep. the ACL. It's going to be tough coming back for him next year. Cordell Patterson out for at least four weeks. He's got a little banged-up knee as well, sprain of his MCL or something like that. Jameson Crowder possibly coming back at the end of the season, probably going to retire. He broke his ankle. So that thing was flailing in the wind, didn't look good, you know, and we'll see what happens there. And, you know, obviously that, you know, for fantasy owners of Isaiah McKenzie, you think, okay, that's going to make you feel better. Isaiah McKenzie went out in the same game with a concussion. So Jahan Dotson has a hamstring, maybe a week or two. It really depends on how he reacts to the treatment. We'll keep you guys posted on that. And one of the big ones, again, Jonathan Taylor, you know, I haven't really heard anything but a high ankle sprain. You know, I haven't heard really what he's going to be going on this week. It's early. We record before the injury report comes out on Thursday. He says it's questionable right now. So we'll we'll find out and we'll pass it on to you guys next week how he did and, you know, if there was anything or if he's still on that injury report. I mean, out of all those guys, you know, I'm chiming in, guys. Who do you think is going to be most affected and hurt by the, the loss of the guy?
1: I got to say the owners that have Javante Williams. I mean, a lot of people put some high draft capital in this guy. I know, King, you had him in every league. You're big on him. And this is a big one because to your point, it was the ACL and LCL. And that's going to set him back quite a bit. And it's going to be tough coming back from that so I really gotta say it's it's for me. I, I think it's Javante Williams right now. I think
0: for for me speaking myself, and i and I just want to chime in a little bit. I think the reason why it isn't so bad for me in I in a few leagues is because I didn't have to spend that capital on him. He dropped. You know, it's like I told you, there are leagues where I have well, I have him and Jonathan Taylor in one league, and both of them are out this week. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know. But I mean, he he dropped quite a bit. So I was lucky in a couple of leagues, but it's still the luck is run out and he's done. What about you, Bombo? What do you think? Who's, who's on that list of those guys that really is going to affect their team and team owners and fantasy owners? Yeah, when
2: you look at that list and you... You see those injuries. You would look at it and think someone like Jonathan Taylor, but J.T. hasn't been J.T. all year. He's his production hasn't late, led to any wins for the Colts. The Colts are kind of stinking it up right now, regressing a lot. So I'm going to say Cordarrelle Patterson because he right now is Atlanta's offense. The reason why you don't see him just getting stuffed is because he lines up wide and then takes a handoff out of the backfield, out of motion. So they really can't stuff. They really can't stack the box on him like that. And he's going to be faster than any. Spy that you have on him, any linebacker that he's facing so far. So he just needs to get past that first guy, and that's how he's getting his touchdowns. But he's jacked up, right? He got, from what I'm hearing, after Sunday's game, he got a procedure done that night and went on IR on Monday. Usually guys get put on IR after that injury report comes out on Thursday. Surgery Sunday night, you know, IR Monday morning, this may be more than a four game thing, especially because he's up there in age. Uh, so it really, uh, it's a domino effect on that whole team now. Now it's really on Mariota's shoulders. And if he doesn't produce now, especially because he doesn't have that safety blanket of uh, Patterson scoring big plays, it might be Desmond Ritter time. And then maybe that opens it up for Drake London and Kyle Pitts or the I zombie think, of oh, I Kyle think one Pitts. One of the
0: clues you talked about was that he got the surgery that night. So that means there wasn't much swelling. So that's a good thing. Right. Cause they that's usually why they have to wait for surgeries, as they have to wait for swelling to go down. So that's a good thing. So maybe it isn't as severe. So And remember, man, it's just amazing how these guys do it. But you're right, Bombo. Great call out. Cordero Patterson is everything. Here's a little thing for you guys, dude. Cordero Patterson has started. Started. Not rostered. Started in over 70% of ESPN leagues, or he was, in the first four weeks, on an average. 70%. So guys were relying on him. You know, and even like on a shitty team, like you said, the guys, you know, that... You know, invested even higher draft capital. The Kyle Pitts and these guys, they ain't doing shit. Drake London, you know, he's splashing a little bit. But the guy there is Cordero Patterson. So, yeah, great call out. I think all of them are...
1: I know I tried to steal him on one of my fantasy leagues and the guy vetoed it. I, I tried all kinds of different combinations to try to steal him before this week. It was, you know, going into this week, I was trying to get him. I'm kind of glad he's he vetoed such a big him part now. of
0: that offense. And it's like Bombo says, he's at all points. They're just, you know, trying to feed him the ball, almost like, like Debo. You know, and I think, when, you know, here's the thing for the the sucky part, and Bombo touched on it earlier with, with Jonathan Taylor, right? Jonathan Taylor, we're already in a week four and really hasn't had a Jonathan Taylor week. And now if he's hurt, even if he's only going to be out one or two weeks, it's going to that third week coming back. He's not going to be himself. So basically, he's missing half the season doing nothing for fantasy owners. He is the consensus number one overall guy, not first-round guy number one overall guy and he is just feeling it this year he is getting it so feel sorry for those owners too man because they invested that number one overall pick with him you know i know i did in a couple drafts where i got lucky so but you know that okay injuries now they give opportunities to other guys right so let's talk about big waiver wire pickups You know, T, you go ahead and talk about yours. Who's your waiver wire pickup week five?
1: My week five waiver wire pickup has got to be Kenny Pickett. Now, I know he's going to be starting this week right after week four. You know, when they benched Trubisky, they already named him as the starter for the following week. Yes, he did throw three picks. He's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes like that. But he did run for two rushing touchdowns. And like Bombo said earlier, because we were talking about different things, you know, who was the one that was able to be the recipient of, you know, Pickett coming in and just kind of adding a little bit of juice into that offense and kind of bring some life back? That was George Pickens. And so I really think that Pickett, if he's going to be able to, Be the starter for a while. He's got to be one of those guys that you pick up for your waiver wire. I would even throw him in. At this point, I would throw him in above Stafford any day at this moment, right? I mean, that may not be the case the rest of the season, but at least for week five, absolutely.
2: That's coconuts right there. So here's a great stat about Kenny Pickett. No pass that he threw touched the ground this past week. It was either caught or it was intercepted. But nothing, nothing hit the ground. <laughs> so he's, he's off to a fast start. And, you know, they didn't do him any favors by bringing him in at halftime. He didn't get a full week's reps with the first team. I think it's going to help him. Does have to, he does have a bit of a murderer's row schedule coming up, but then it opens up for him. And just, it's trial by fire, right? And that's what, that's the best thing you can get out of the rookies. I want to throw this at you guys. If he comes out there slinging it the way we think he's going to sling it, I think we're going to see similar to Minshew Mania that we saw in Jacksonville a couple of years ago, where he might not be winning games, but man, he's making these guys fantasy relevant. He's getting DJ Chark paid. He's getting all these other guys on the stat sheet. And if he can do that, then. The Steelers might not be winning a lot of games, but if he's in your lineup, he could be winning your fantasy games.
0: Okay. I'm just gonna win that fan base. T's ass hurts. Bombo, write this down that I'm gonna take Matt Stafford this week to have a better game than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is playing fucking Buffalo T, the best defense in the fucking league. He's gonna get his ass. I know, but let the kid just go
1: out there and throw his ass off, run his ass off. They're going to break him.
0: Just saying. He, I know. He's like, who's that guy who came out of fucking Florida state quarterback who was drafted in the first round. He's like a 30 year old fucking senior. That's Kenny Pickett. He's like Chris, Chris Winky. Who who was it? Winky. Yeah. Chris, Winky. Chris yeah, Winky. He was like 30 years old when he graduated. That's a like Kenny Pickett dude. He's like 42 right now. So you know what I mean? He can't take the shot either, but Hey, write that down, <laughs> Bombo. Cause we're going to talk about that shit next week. All right. I'm just saying that that's that's a crock of shit, dude. Can you pick it? All right, who, Bombo, who's your waiver wire guy?
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying it till so his ownership goes up as as high as he needs to go. So check for Jared Goff again. <laughs> he had no weapons this week. He's a part of the number one offense right now in football, and they have and they're the well, worst defense the weapons, in football. Dog. So it's a fantasy I mean, owner. TJ woke up, man. TJ woke up. Dog. Pick up Jared Goff, but if your league mates are smart and he's gone. Go for Mike Boone. We talked about Javante Williams and the disaster of his injury and what it's going to do to that team. But anyone that watched that game saw Melvin Gordon give up his third fumble for a touchdown in the last three years and last two years. And he was phased out. This guy ended with negative fantasy points because he got no chance to redeem himself. I don't know if this organization is going to, you know, put him in the doghouse for the rest of the year they'd be to their best interest to give Mike Boone a chance because he's going to run hard. He knows this is his shot right now. The opportunity is arose. He has a chance to really show what he can do and then earn a contract somewhere else. Or maybe he gets re-upped by the Broncos because, you know, unfortunately what we're hearing about Javante Williams is it's going to take a long time for this dude just to be walking normal again. It's that bad. But, you know, hopefully he does come back. But right now, I think the it's open auditions for this backfield. And they've seen what they have in Melvin Gordon. it led to a Raiders fumble recovery for a touchdown and a benching for the rest of the game. Let's see what they can do for Mike Boone. One little caveat to this, though, they just signed Latavius Murray right off of New Orleans practice squad. But if this offense is as complicated as they like to make it out to be, he probably won't be ready to take any significant carries for a couple weeks. So while you're writing it out, go pick up Mike Boone. I mean, I like to
0: pick. I mean, they need something else there. Mike Boone's been there a couple years now. He is a smaller kind of running back, almost like Elijah Mitchell kind of build, you know, but... I think he's gonna be really good in the in catching the ball out of the backfield. That's really a specialty, I think. But he can run. And like you said, I think the bigger key there is what are they gonna do with Melvin Gordon? Obviously they're paying him, so he's the next guy up. They just if he's on a short leash, man. If he fumbles or fucks up again, that's it, this old man's done. So great way to call that out Bombo, way to yeah. fucking hit that on the head.
1: I know, you know, I got to say real quick, I have him in uh, one of my ESPN leagues and he got me negative two points this week. So, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that.
2: And guys are going to be swiping at that ball now. (laughs) Defense are going to be trying to get this guy unemployed. Watch.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, man. You know, so I'm going to talk about my waiver wire pickup, obviously with Cordell Patterson going down and. You know, you're going to have to pick somebody up. There was a little bit of running back by committee, and the committee was just chunking it and tearing it up against these guys. But I think the guy who sort of stood out a little bit was Tyler Algier. You know, I think Tyler Algier, he, he was a stud at BYU. He was a really good running back, solid, and got a little bit of opportunity last week to show what he can do. Now, it's like we said again, guys, right? I mean, they need that little chunk to have that bigger game. He had 10 carries for 84 yards, but he had 42 on one carry half of them on one carry and then that takes him back down to about what he was before you know maybe a three to four yard average guy you know he was chunking at eight carries 26 yards 10 carries 30 yards six carries 25 so he wasn't blowing the doors off anybody but I think at this point maybe he's it's slowing down a little bit for him you know he's probably actually seeing the holes now not just running into guys You know, so he's going to start, you know, getting the feel of it a little bit better. And he's a good athlete and he's going to get trial by fire. So I think, you know, the difficulty of finding starting running backs in fantasy football, you know, and obviously these are how some of the stars are born. So Tyler Algier is my week five waiver wire. What do you think, guys?
2: Yeah, and like you spoke about earlier king, follow the the ascension map, right? Like the, he went from healthy scratch in week 1 to a few carries in week 2 and then Damian Williams goes down, so now he's going to get an opportunity in week 3. Week 3 him and Patterson share some carries. Week 4, Patterson's hurting. he gets his opportunity, breaks 100 yards total from scrimmage. I want to say Caleb Huntley got the touchdown, Caleb but that Huntley, guy you don't just came that up name either. Yeah, he just came up off of the practice squad. They were still trying to decide if that guy's going to play special teams or not, and he didn't, so he's going to be strictly just a running back. It may be running back by committee, but I got Algier at least getting the first crack at it, and like you said, you know, maybe this is the the birth of a star.
0: That's how it starts sometimes, man. It's the NFL, guys. Everybody needs those opportunities. (laughs) Everybody gets them at some point, right? So, okay, man. So we're going to, you know, that wraps us up for our fantasy. We're just going to drop a little bit of some DFS information on you. We went a little bit long today, so we're just going to wrap it up right here. We're just going to talk about last week's results. We'll talk about next week's results, and we'll throw a little bit extra in. We'll talk about the following week, this last week of what we did. But it looks like Big Bombo there won the week, huh? You know, obviously it was a tough week,
1: guys. Bombo won the week because of Penny. (laughs) Because <laughs> so whatever Tandy he got did, him a but ton it didn't matter. He won the week. Oh no! You know what I, I mean? He did so absolutely. a little
0: salty, there, Bombo. Do you hear that right now? I lost the hey, week.
2: You know, I didn't crack a hundred, but I beat you guys. So shout dude, out to me. I didn't say shout any out to scores, you yours, man. See how you are, no. dude? I
0: didn't throw that out <laughs> there did <laughs> you guys okay look here it is dude is that's the thing right i didn't want to fucking embarrass all of us Just but dude that was there. a crazy ass week all the studs didn't do shit but you typically in these things to win money you got to be in the 120s 130s and that's to win the bottom money to really win that thing you got to be in the 160s the 180s sometimes even a close to 200 so think about that guys the winner uh, last week was up around 200 maybe even more than that they just you know what i mean it's crazy how these things work you know what i mean but you know hey we did what we did thanks bombo for letting everybody know none of us broke a hundred because obviously if you won you know what i mean yeah you were higher than me and t came up the rear he took a shit he was bad you know what i mean but hey that's what you get t i'm just saying Hey, Hey,
2: both of your your guys' defensive picks (laughs) from last week scored touchdowns as as huge underdogs. Well, is it? Okay. As huge underdogs.
0: Isn't that the thing too, Bombo, right? You know, in fantasy football, and we mentioned it a little bit, don't take your defense as high because there's never been a repeat defense that's been the best. It's always been somebody else. So you can get a good defense, you know what I mean? And week by week, just a matchup no fucking logic like we said closing arguments coming at you sweet tea your closing arguments closing thoughts
1: well my closing thoughts is actually kind of jizing to you king and kind of throwing it out there and saying hey you know what you were right i'm not above admitting when i was wrong but when we were in the divisionals you know we went over and we talked about gerald everett coming over from the rams to the chargers and i was like you know what this guy didn't do anything with the rams i can't see him doing much but being a blocker over there for the chargers but this guy's a big part of this offense and he's getting a lot of yards right now for a tight end he's had already two touchdowns and he dropped a touchdown you know for what week 2 i think it was so he could've already had 3 This guy is a pivotal part of the Chargers offense. And so I just wanted to kind of tell you right now, even though we're only four weeks in, I'm recognizing it. And I'm just going to fucking say it, man. I was wrong. And this guy looks like he's going to have a really good year for them. I agree. And it, it
0: all starts with the quarterback too. You know, I mean, they really didn't scheme him up over there. They're not scheming up their tight end. They really want to be wide receiver friendly in the Rams. And the tight ends are the last option. And it showed with him. But he had some big flashes there. They just didn't get the ball to him enough. Chargers are getting the ball more. Closing thoughts, closing arguments, anything coming at us? Bombo.
2: Yeah. So, you know, public service announcement to all the listeners out there help us not see fantasy football go the way of NBA basketball with the three point shot. Right now, the zero running back drafters, the zero running back draft truthers they're looking like geniuses right now we talk about Saquon Barkley being the number one running back in all he has two touchdowns on the year and he's just doing it with yards and like minimal catches see I want to say I saw a stat out of the first four weeks as a number one running back this is the lowest points that the number one running back has had probably in the last 15 years Meanwhile, wide receivers are blowing up, right? I mean, you guys got like Jahan Dotson, who's like the third option on his team is leading the league in reception, receiving touchdowns. So everyone that went super wide receiver heavy and waited on their running backs, that's now 4-0. You're making all these old school guys like me who want to draft a running back in the first two rounds look like an idiot, look like a fossil. Let's not let not Let's not let fantasy get to that point. Let's keep it balanced. I want to see more out of these running backs because right now we're looking at you know, Alvin Kamara stinking it up. We talked about JT stinking it up. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's doing what he's doing, but he's also scaring everybody with another injury concern every week. So I really want to see a lot of these running backs that some of us drafted in the first round, first two rounds really start to to blow up over these next few weeks. And my finger's crossed because I don't want to start drafting wide receivers in the first two rounds going forward.
0: Here, here. I'm with you, brother. Absolutely. So I think me closing it up is just... I think it was such a key point that we talked about, you know, in the divisionals and everything before is you really have to have a strategy for your draft and you have to build a team because guys are going to get injured. Key guys get injured every year and you can't sit there after one injury and say, okay, I'm done. Cause if that's the case, I'm done in seven out of my nine leagues this year, seven out of my 10 leagues, because I had Javante as my number one running back in each league. So I, I can't sit there and just throw the towel in. You know, in one league, I have him. My top two running backs are out now as Elijah Mitchell and him. Then in another league, I have Jonathan Taylor and him. And Jonathan Taylor's a question mark going into this week. You got to work it. And that's why it's so important to have a team and guys on your bench and have a strategy and know those are the key positions that have to be backed up and also paying attention to that waiver wire. And hopefully we're steering you in the right direction there. Keep listening to us. You know, we're going to keep doing what we do. And hopefully, you know, it's helping you guys out a little bit. Hoping some ladies out too. Didn't mean to just say guys, but everybody listening, we hope you're getting something out of this. You know, we're going to be changing it up a little bit, keeping it fresh for you. The guys got great ideas. We're changing it up every week. We're going to be coming at you with different stuff. Keep tuning in. But until next week, For Bombo Sweet Tea, I am R.W. King, and we are out.
2: Peace.